Good morning, everyone. We know that God, His name is consuming fire. That's one of His name. And if our God is a consuming fire, then He wants us to have the same substance as well. He wants us to always ablaze with the fire of God, not with any other fire, but only with the fire of God. So that's the reason why we need to keep the fire in us. Let's read from our uh, scripture that we have uh, from Leviticus 24, verse 1 until 4. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they bring to you clear oil from beaten olives for the light, to make a lamp burn continually. Outside the veil of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall keep it in order from evening to morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. He shall keep the lamps in order on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. So we see here this is the pattern that God gives to the people of Israel, to his people, that he say, I want to dwell among you. I want to be in your midst, but you have to build a house for me. And in that tabernacle of God, God says, you should put oil and you should burn a lamb. And this lamb should burn continually. Now here, this is God's purpose and design. That the lamb should burn continually before the Lord. Evening, morning, before the Lord. Perpetually. Continually. So it's being repeated again and again that this is what God wants in us. And as we all know, sometimes it's not easy to keep the fire burning continually, right? When we first got to know God, when we first got saved, we were on fire. We feel the goodness of God. We feel such a peace that we've never felt before. And we were on fire for God. But after serving Him, maybe for one year, 10 years, 20 years, somewhere along the way, sometimes the fire is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so, Tragically, sometimes we heard that a person or that person started very well, but they ended up not well. But God, His purpose is for us to always be on fire before the Lord continually. So His purpose is not for you to start well, but His purpose for us is to finish well. And one example in the Bible that we see there's a man who can say that I finished well is Paul, the Apostle Paul. Towards the end of his life, he said, I'm ready. My life is ready to be poured out. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And look, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. 
So this man can testify that he is finishing well. He has kept the fight. He has kept the fire burning until the end. No matter what the cost. So let's see from his life. We want to see the example that we have here. So we will read from 2 Timothy verse 1. We'll start from verse 1 until 5. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwell in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So how do we keep the fire burning? Now we have an example. You know, people learn best by example. You can ask your children when they grown up, do you remember what your parents told you? Do you remember the advice that they gave you? No, they don't. But they remember very well the life that they observe from their parents. What example the parents give to their children. How they use the money, how they solve conflicts, how they talk to each other. All those are examples that are very well absorbed in a child's life. So here we also have the example of Paul. So let's go first by first, let's see how we can learn from his life. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So he's saying that I am becoming an apostle of Christ Jesus. It's not me who is giving this title to myself, but I belong to someone. I am a born slave. I am a servant, a slave to Jesus. So what I'm doing is not my own will, but I'm following my Lord. And he says, Paul, an apostle, by the will of God. So in other words, Paul, in giving his life an example, he's saying that my life is not a mistake. Sometimes we are afraid that we've made many mistakes in our lives. Sometimes we come to many regrets because of the mistakes that we've done. But in Christ Jesus, when you follow him, even your past mistakes, he can turn it around. He can change it. He can make it to be something that is flowing out with life, with restoration, with new life. And he's saying pretty clear here, I'm becoming an apostle. It's not because of my own will. I become an apostle by the will of God. 
this is amazing. Because when we thought of, wow, apostle, this is a great title. But when we see his life, what example he's given us, the title apostle consists of persecutions, trials, sufferings, running for his life, being treated badly, even stoned to death. But he says, I'm willing. I will go this way by the will of God. You cannot go in a way if you have two wills. My will and God's will. You know, if it's my will, I have my own way. I have my own uh, going around to go to the goal. But if we say, Lord... It's your will. Then we are declaring that I surrendered my will. I give up my will to the will of God. So this example how he can be a fire that burns until the end of his life. Because he says, I keep following God's will. If we keep following the consuming fire, I believe we will never run out of resources. We will never run out of energy. And this title comes from his fruit of life. And in verse 2 it says, he says, To Timothy, my beloved son, this is one thing that God wants you and I to produce spiritual children. We should produce fruit and we should produce spiritual legacy. And in order to have this spiritual child Paul is calling Timothy my beloved son that means you and I have the same thing that makes us son and father there is something a, the same character the same DNA so Paul is saying, follow my example. And Paul said, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. If you want to walk this way, you will find grace. You will find mercy. What is grace and mercy? If you walk in this way, you will find forgiveness. You will find Pardon for your life. And in that, you will find peace. And this is what people seek. Peace cannot be bought by anything. Peace only can be accomplished by the blood of Jesus. And in verse 3, he said, I thank God whom I serve 
with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. Wow. Paul is saying, look at me. I I am full of gratitude. I am full of thankfulness even though I am still in change even though I am facing a future with a Caesar who is unpredictable maybe he would have I think knowing that it's narrow the Caesar Paul already knew what kind of future but despite of that Bleak circumstances. He say, I thank God. I thank God. And he say, I serve him with a clear conscience. This is what makes his fire keep burning. Because he keeps a clear and a pure conscience. You know the word conscience? It comes from words that means knowledge together. You know, conscience, our conscience is a knowledge together between us and the Lord. God knows exactly what is in our conscience. God knows exactly what is inside of us. Maybe outside we may speak something sweet and kind, but if inside we have hatred and revenge, Oh, there is someone who knows exactly this knowledge. This is our conscience testifying with God. And Paul say, I serve him. Never, never with hypocrisy. I serve him never with something that is only on the lip service. But I serve him with a clear conscience. This is one of the key importance. How he can keep the fire burning because he always keep purity in his conscience. When the spirit tells you there's something wrong in you and you quickly repent, that's the way of keeping your clear conscience. And he says, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. So Paul, in bringing forth spiritual children, he labors, he labors with prayers. He labors, he says, I constantly remember. The word remember can also mean mention. There are some people who are being faithful in their prayers. That they mention the names of the people to bring it to remembrance before God. And these people who spend maybe hours in prayer. Bringing up names before God. I'm sure their reward is sure. And he says, When 
Timothy had tears. Paul is also sorrowful. So this is bringing forth spiritual children to have a legacy that he wants to pass it on. And you know this letter, we believe that it's written towards the end of his life. And this letter is for Timothy, the beloved spiritual son. So Paul knows the importance of passing the legacy to the next generation. When you live a life that is fully on fire, don't live for yourself. Don't live by your own fire. But you need to lead up the next generation. And in verse 5, it says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So Timothy inherit through his biological mother and grandma a sincere faith, a faith that is without hypocrisy, a faith that is not just only act on, but a really Maybe it's a simple, but it's sincere faith. This is where it strikes again. Integrity. Integrity is what makes your fire keep burning to the end. Do not compromise your integrity. But even more, Paul is saying, what you have received from your family is a good thing. But you now have to strive to carry that inherited faith to the end. So a good legacy has to be fought for. We cannot just only receive, but you have to put effort how to carry it on until the end. And the second thing, after we see the example, so this is the fire that Paul is talking about. For this reason, verse 6, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. It says in verse 6, we have to kindle afresh the gift of God in us. So we are born with talents that God already put in us. But there is also what Paul is saying, through the laying on of hands. So when someone is praying over you, laying their hands on you. This is not just an act of laying hands, but in that laying on of hands, there is a spiritual impartation. So, 
Paul is saying in other place that do not be rash in laying hands because in laying hands something is being transferred something divine is being given and in this laying on of hands the gift of God is being put inside the life of the young Timothy Wow, this is something that we don't see with our na- naked eyes, but it's in there. When you receive by faith, it's in there, the gift of God. And Paul said, that gift that is already in you, don't make it a waste. Do not neglect the talents The gifts that God has put in you, you have to study. You have to pray about it. You have to exercise it. Do not just neglect it. Do not just be ignorant. For example, if you have the gift of prophetic gifts, then you have to study about what is is prophetic ministry. How can I flow with it? How can I hear the voice of God clearly? That's stewarding the gift of God. Kindling the fire. And when you pray over people, don't just pray, just just a prayer. But you exercise your gift. You ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to speak to this person? Because if we don't keep this fire burning, you know, fire, when there is nothing to fit, it slowly grows dim. And then finally it can be put out. Or people can throw water on it and snuff out the fire. But instead, God is speaking to us, you need to keep the fire burning. You have to feed the fire of God in us. Even until the end of the Bible in Revelation 22, it says, when the Lord say, I am coming soon. And it's being answered by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bright church. Answering, yes, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, when you have that spirit of the bride, that fire is burning inside of you. And in Song of Songs 8, verse 6, it says, Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire. The fairy flame of the Lord. The fairy flame of God. That fire of the love of God. And in verse 7, God says through Paul, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. 
when you see fire, there is nothing timid about the fire. You know, fire is not timid. When it's burning ablaze, it will eat up everything. Fire is never timid. And God is saying, I am giving you a spirit of power. Let the lion of God roars inside of you. Because God Himself is Almighty God. He is all powerful. And His power of love will cast out every fear, cast out every timidity or cowardice. But this great power is being balanced. God is giving us power, love. When you have great power, but you don't have love, it's very dangerous. But if you have great power, but you have the love of God, now that power is being used for the sake of love. And it's not only that, but also discipline or sound judgment. Being sober. This word discipline, sound judgment, is from the word meaning not being drunk. Someone who can behave, who can think with seriousness, thoughtfulness. So we have power, but we also have love. And we have discipline, self-control. This is what God has given us. So the flame that God has given us, it's so powerful. It can eat up everything. But it's, this flame is also flame of love. And it has control. Wow, this is amazing. God's great love. And how... Do we keep this flame? So we read from verse 8 until 11. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. When you want to keep the fire, there are things that tries to extinguish the flame of the fire. One of the things that can extinguish the flame of the fire is when we are ashamed of the testimony of God. You know, when you see fire, there is no, no, no shame in fire. You know, fire is shining in the darkness. Fire is so different than the darkness. There is no shameful about fire, but instead it's like, 
showing itself here. Look at me, I'm fire. I will eat up anything. So fire also stand out against the darkness. If we want to keep that fire burning, there is no way. If you are ashamed of the testimony of God, if you are ashamed of the truth of God, if you are ashamed to stand firm in the truth of the gospel, and if you are fearful of suffering, when we are afraid of suffering, then the fire will go out. We start to compromise. Oh, I don't want the hard way. Maybe just do it a little bit different this way. And look, if we start to compromise along the way, the fire of God start to grow dim. So there are some things that will extinguish the fire, which is number one, being ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. You are called to be the light. You are called to be the salt. You are called to be different. And what else to extinguish the fire? Fear of suffering. You know, Paul, towards the end of his life, there are many, many things that he suffered. He was in prison. He was facing the end of his life. Maybe a gruesome death. There are many things to make him afraid. And even if you read on further, it says that all his friends left him. Because his friends are afraid of being associated with this prisoner. If Paul is afraid of the suffering, he won't keep that fire burning in his life to the end. And there are something else that may extinguish our fire. The fire in us. Let's read from verse 12 until 14. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Now if you want to keep the fire burning, you have to retain the standard of sound words. If your walk is not in the soundness of the righteousness of the truth of God, then you are walking away from the fire of God. If you are walking away from the fire of God, your own fire will not last long. 
So we need to retain the words of God, which is sound in the truth. And number in verse 14, it says, guard through the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can guard. And even Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that it's not me who guard the fire, but he, he is the one who is able to guard what I have entrusted to him. So Paul is saying, it's not my own strength. But I trust someone who can guard me well to the end. So we see, in order to keep the fire burning, we should not be ashamed. We should not be fearful of suffering. We should have sound words and we should guard. And we see that in the last verses, Paul says, you are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turn away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. So we see how Paul, in keeping his fire, he knows how to handle all this adversity that tries to put out the fire of God. He says, it's according to God's power. The calling that he walks is according to God's power and according to God's own purpose and grace. And he committed to the guardian of God. Now, if you walk according to God's calling, you are protected by his fire. You are protected by his power also. And he will guard you to the end. And how to handle this? You stay in the faith, love, and hope in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So, in closing, you and I can keep the fire alive. You and I can stir up Rekindle the fire. How? By staying in the depths of God's love. It's not by us trying this way, trying that way, doing our own thing. But God wants us to stay in Him. Stay in the consuming fire. And do not rely on others. Do not even rely on yourself, but only rely in God and in His power. Father God, we want to commit ourselves into your hand. Set us ablaze by the fire of your love.
because we know that love of God will continually on fire burning until the end until we come to the great wedding feast of the Lamb of God. Now we ask you Lord fill us Fill us with your love. Burn your fire inside of us. Keep us in your guard. Keep us in your way. Keep us in your purpose. Keep us in your power. And give us your Holy Spirit, Lord. That spirit that will roar from inside of us the Holy Spirit that will guide us thank you Lord Jesus you love your church you love your bride that fire of love is burning in your eyes may we fix our eyes with your eyes to keep that fire in us set us on fire Lord Set your church to be ready as a bride. Your grace, your mercy, and your peace be upon us all. And may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord protect you. And may the Lord shine His face upon you and give you grace. And may He set His face on you and give you peace forevermore in the one mighty name in Jesus name we pray Amen God bless you all